Welcome to another inspirational episode of Monetizing Your Creativity. Tom Muskamp is back with us again. He's joined us in the past as with us his business partner and life partner, Mia Cortez. We were in a live work space in downtown Los Angeles where we have a studio and edit bay uh, where we reside. So we um, spend a lot of time together working on a lot of creative projects, but we also uh, are with each other pretty much every minute of the day, day and night. Monetizing Your Creativity asks the question, what does it take to earn a living with your creative talents? I try to be almost hypersensitive. Am I speaking to Tom right now as a business partner or am I speaking to Tom as a boyfriend? You know, that's always a challenge every single day and practicing that makes perfect. We focus on the success principles common to all disciplines by interviewing producers, directors, writers, actors, cinematographers, music composers, animators, designers, and much, much more. Learn how to create your own path to success. Let's roll. Well, hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Monetizing Your Creativity. I'm your host, Marvin Polis, and joining me as always is your co-host, Fred Keating. We are back at one of our favorite locations in Hollywood, California, at the Chateau Marmont Hotel. Fred? Lurching, leaning over iconic Sunset Boulevard. And we have with us today two guests, two friends of mine and yours, but uh, Tom Muskamp is back with us again. He's joined us in the past and as a filmmaker and editor, as with us his business partner and life partner, Mia Cortez. Mia, welcome to the table. Hi, I'm happy to be here. Hello, everyone. We're happy to have you. Today, we're going to talk about the advantages and disadvantages of living where you work and working where you live. That is, how do couples in the same hectic creative line of work and the same apartment, working on the same projects. What are the advantages and disadvantages that come along with that mingling of of personal and professional pursuits? This is really a unique take on monetizing your creativity because you two do this together. Yes, um, we are producer and editor, Studio Sky Productions, and um, we work on every project together. So there are definitely um, benefits and some challenges that we run into. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, well put, Tom. Very diplomatic. I think this episode is over right now. So we uh, we live and work in the same environment. We we were in a live work space in downtown Los Angeles, where we have a studio and edit bay, uh, where we reside. So we um, spend a lot of time together working on a lot of creative projects, but we also uh, are with each other. <laughs> Pretty much every minute of the day, day and night, which which does pose problems sometimes. Such as? I think a big challenge that um, other couples that work and live together may um, come across is the is the blurring of the lines of the relationship, the, the personal and the business relationship, and, and how to stay within certain boxes throughout the business hours versus, you know, being life partners or girlfriend and boyfriend or husband and wife. Yeah, there always comes that issue, when does the workday end? And we typically find that it doesn't end. The workday ends when we go to sleep and starts when we wake up. One of the things we tried to introduce was, well, at least let's take a lunch break every day and not talk about business for half an hour. Let's try and let's start there because literally every minute of our waking lives is business because we're working together. We always have 
projects going on. Something I would suggest to someone else who is in a similar situation is try and allocate times of the day where you don't talk about business, where you're not allowed to talk about business, where it literally can kind of encompass your entire waking life. I think that's a, a, a good point, although I must admit, and I know you've, had, you've been crazy busy over the last few months, and we can talk about that in a minute, but in fact, that is the kind of problems that uh, a lot of people pray for, to be so busy and uh, hopefully, you know, generating good product and, uh, and a decent, uh, decent revenue. So, yes, very interested in that downside of the seemingly upside aspect of being uh, busy and productive in, in the particular careers you've chosen. Yeah, b- being busy is, is obviously a good thing. There comes a point where you, where you have to have a kind of balance in your life and you do have to make time for non-work activities, which is, is harder, I think, when you're living together in the same space. So it, it is a challenge, but it's what we call a high-class worry. It's, it's nothing, nothing to really stress about, being so busy that you... Uh, don't have time for anything else. I think having a balance is crucial to having a great business as well as a great relationship and also keeping the morale of, of your environment that's really important. In a sense, I think, at least for me, I try to be almost hypersensitive. Am I speaking to Tom right now as a business partner or am I speaking to Tom as a boyfriend? You know, that's always a challenge every single day and practicing that makes perfect, but always making sure that you're hyper aware of how you're coming across to somebody and what you're trying to say before you say it. One of the things we introduced was if we need to discuss business, rather than just jumping into a business conversation, we'll say, could I talk to you in five minutes about X budget or this project? Because you have a a closeness with each other, it's easy to just kind of snap and um, fire out questions when Mia might be in the middle of something I'll be asking about a different project and I might be in the middle of a creative process and she's asking me about schedule. Another thing I'd say to anyone else in this similar situation is it's, it's good to kind of organize your time and, and say can we set aside a time to discuss this project or that project rather than have no boundaries whatsoever which wouldn't exist in, in a work environment. You'd have to go to someone's office or sure pick up the phone and even if you know even if you're living and working in the same space as silly as it might sound I mean email each other I mean that always works for us is sometimes if I see that he's busy instead of um, firing out any questions or even you know try or even interrupting him when he's in the zone I'll just send him an email just a reminder of hey can you please do this or hey what's you know I need an answer for this and he's really great with email so he'll get back to me really quickly when something lands on your plate that's unexpected and and not a happy surprise what what's the coping mechanism there a lot of the correspondence with clients typically run through me first um i try to keep tom's plate as clean as possible so that he's focused on the creative and he could just be in the zone as much as possible and um, i think that's the best way to use his time efficiently so when we do come across um let's say not so great news i typically get it first my approach to that is always trying to put out that fire by myself without interrupting his workflow Um, and if I have to get him involved I'll always ask for his advice and and, and it's you know a collaborative decision if I can't um, find the solution myself. One of the things I think is important if you're working together with someone that you're also in a relationship with is that you define the roles very clearly and and one thing that we did early on was to say that I would kind of be an editor and she would be a producer and those are roles that are very defined in the industry already that we're familiar with so that there isn't a kind of blurred boundary obviously sometimes I produce and sometimes she edits even but for the most part we try to keep 
within our roles as as we would in the workplace and and that makes those kind of confrontations or difficulties easier to deal with because we just stick to what we do individually is this a relationship a, you know kind of a, a personal relationship slash business relationship that has some special risks attached to it because often couples work in different industries. So when you consider how industries go up, industries go down, there there may be uh, a lack of revenue for months or, or so in one industry, but that's okay because the other member in the relationship is maybe riding a high at that time. Is this kind of a, a dangerous sort of situation that, that you're in or, or have you just not experienced this? The good thing about owning your own business is that you're so invested in it. It's your baby. So there's no checking out at five o'clock. You're hustling every day. And so you could say that if if revenue wasn't ideal during some time of the month, you could also, to that argument, you could also say, well, you have two people that are every day hustling and grinding to make sure that there's always income flowing in. And the good thing, our backup, if we ever needed to um, utilize that, is that we could always go back and work freelance for other companies that's not ideal but we do have that to fall back on what do you do for distraction or recreation what hobbies do you do either individually or together we watch a lot of movies it's kind of related to the business we go to industry screenings and movies that we're interested in and uh, take creative ideas from it and (laughs) takes up a lot of our time. We live in this amazing community of downtown LA where there's so many entrepreneurs, artists of different kinds. And so there's always events happening in the neighborhood that are inspiring and somehow we incorporate it into our work. You know, like Tom was saying, networking events, um, screening, and then individually, Tom's really into music and I'm really into dance. So we've we encourage each other to explore our passions outside of work and outside of each other, just so that there is a, a balance of individuality. One of the recurring themes in this series, of course, is the necessity of a personal and professional support network. So when you go to these receptions or, or events, what do you do to get yourself and your business on the radar of other potential engagers at that event? I'm quite uh, aware of not being one of those uh, over self-promoters. And I think you have to um, talk about what you're doing in an authentic way when it comes up and when it's appropriate, or you risk you run the risk of kind of driving people away and turning them off to you. Whenever we do talk about the projects we're involved in, it's always in a very kind of natural and organic way when it comes up. People are aware of what we are doing and we talk about it on social media. But at those events, I'm not the kind of person that goes around selling myself to every person there. It's a much more kind of natural and organic experience. Sure. Um, I I 100% agree with Tom on that. I think our approach to this that we've always agreed on from day one is to have a an organic experience with with people and when it come when it's authentic um, people can sense that for us it's planting the seeds more so than trying to grab a client that day and um, just being authentic of how we can provide a, a great service with high quality value and with two people that um, I would like to think are good to work with The kind of people that are reliable and authentic and real is very important to clients. And if you come across as too much of a salesperson, it can almost turn away business. I think it's better to just kind of be who you are, be authentic. And um, if you're good at what you do, the word will spread and and the work will come to you. Now, when you are speaking to potential clients, do they actually see this as 
an advantage that the two of you are a couple in addition to being business partners? From a financial standpoint, from a budgetary standpoint, I think it's a high value to have two people um, working on their project because typically um, people will have to hire an, a separate editor and a separate producer. And so that, you know, th those are two separate line items in the budget. So we kind of come as a package, which, which I think has worked to our advantage. We try to, to push that if you just want to get it done and you want it done well, we're the people that will get it done. Seems like there's not a lot of risk here in terms of handoff from one discipline to the next discipline to the next discipline. It's just, it's just a really quick back and forth between the two of you. Few communication errors, I would suspect. Absolutely. And, uh, um, I, you know, Tom and I have worked on so many TV shows and I've seen that um, problem arise so many times is the communication issues from um, handing off from production to post to online to mix to final delivery and we handle all that so instead of having to deal with 10 people you're dealing with two. In fact something that we've often talked about is the issue of trust is that you get the gig because in part people trust you. Before we decided to do Studio in the Sky Productions we individually had very high work ethics, high standards individually so I think when a client knows one of us and not maybe not the other they already know Tom's standards so that he wouldn't bring someone else that he doesn't trust or doesn't have a specific standard that matches him into the into his business we seem to be talking about the business end of show business here tell me when you are so jammed up that you can't possibly take on another client uh, because of uh, the busy season you've mentioned the hectic season prior to certain really large industry expositions where they're calling on you to produce these sizzle reels and, and teaser trailers. If I call you and you absolutely cannot accommodate me in my time frame, do you refer me to somebody else or do you have associates who you can rely on not to run away with that client, uh, but in fact uh, you can bring them into the to the mix again without risk to your own business? We do. We, we have other editors that we use, good reliable people that we've worked with before that we will often farm out and edit to on the understanding that I'll kind of do a final polish pass or Mia will oversee the edit to make sure it's reaching the right standards. But yeah, th that is the problem. There's only a certain number of hours in the day. And at what point do you turn down work? We try to never turn down work. If anything, I'll try to look at the calendar several times, um, find a way to make it work without... I, I, w I never want to be the one to say to say no to a client. If, if anything, I want to put it in the client's control to say yes or no. We're always looking at a calendar. If I have to uh, work with other clients, you know, and see how intense these deadlines are needed um, and, and it typically works out that way. There's a lot of flexibility with other clients and, and we've been able to um, manage the schedule pretty well. Any uh, advice for other couples other than what you've already shared with us but in terms of, of partnerships both personal and professional about I don't know the division of jobs, duties, domestic tasks and uh, as well as professional ones. Does all of the equal balance team package that you've described to us in your professional approach. Uh, how does that work domestically? What really do you feel supported in by your partner? And what absolutely drives you crazy about Tom, <laughs> Mia? <laughs> really, toothpaste uh, caps, whatever. 
Well, you know, I think when we get into such a busy mode, I think the domestic responsibilities sometimes get put on a back burner, which is understandable. So I think a challenge for us is, is like everyone, I think, is just always having a balance. It's like it's easy to say what we're supposed to do, but always enacting it and executing it well is, you know, a different story. It's, it's not realistic. Like I said earlier, hyper awareness and, and hypersensitive to the other person, you know, and, and, and understanding like how instead of like using it, think, looking at it as a challenge, you, you look at your partner and you know personal things about them and you use that to your advantage. So you, if you know that, if Tom knows that I will get upset about certain news, maybe he'll he'll say it at a different time when I'm I'm not as stressed and vice versa. So, you know, people at work might not know that about me. They don't know personal things about me that they could use to their advantage. Tom can, and he does. That's a very good point. And trying to put yourself in a position where you're not speaking to each other as people in a relationship, but that there's a kind of professional mode you can switch into. For instance, we need to discuss your rate for this job or a budget, whatever it is, and you need to be able to switch out of just being boyfriend, girlfriend for a moment, or husband and wife, whatever it is, play the role of producer and editor or, or whatever those roles are. But it's being able to switch between those modes that I think is really key to making it work. Sure. I think um, it's really important to not be scared of uncomfortable situations and uncomfortable conversations because it's 100% absolutely necessary in a business relationship. And um, and But having that trust that the other person is going to be open to hearing you is really important. Yeah. If I have anything to add to living and working together, it would be also hold on to your individuality and your passions and to make sure that you make time for yourself. Yeah, well said. He's nodding. They're both nodding. This is good news, Marvin. This would be a good place to end, actually, when we have this kind of kumbaya moment. While we're all still speaking to one another, yes. All right. Well, let's do that by thanking Mia and, and Tom for, uh, uh, for sharing everything that they did uh, today. I must admit, I'm more familiar with arrangements like this that don't work than one that does and uh, seems to be working so well. So thanks very much for sharing with our listeners today. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's been great to be here. Thanks for tuning in to Monetizing Your Creativity. Be sure to join us next time by subscribing to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please leave a review. It helps us with our ratings. You can also visit monetizingyourcreativity.com for more information about the show. And hey, be sure to tell your friends who want to understand how to monetize their creativity.